This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Should we kick straight off? This let's is the let's just get two straight into it. Q&A. First question. Straight into it. Not... Is Sunak right to warn about, quotes, mob rule? And that's from Olivia in Sussex. Is Thanks, he right? Olivia. Well, I, I guess this is a, re- a reference to Rishi Sunak um, warning the police to um, be tougher on protesters and extremists and so on, and, and warning that we're on the edge of mob rule. I don't think we are on the edge of mob rule, and I think it's worth teasing out what's going on here. So absolutely 100% against... Um, uh, you know, attacks on MPs, threats to MPs. We saw Tobias Elwood, Tory MP, had his house surrounded by protesters the other day. That's obviously not acceptable. Mike Freer is a Tory MP, is standing down because he's had to wear a stab vest. You know, that's mm. not acceptable. We've learned that a number of uh, female Labour MPs have been under police protection and, and Lisa Nandy carries a police um, alarm with her at all times. And th- again, not acceptable. That's all, I think, everyone that can be common ground that we don't know what i'm uh, i don't know what you think matt but i'm a bit nervous about is the sort of conflation of that with um protests and marches so you know anyone who's listened to the the pod knows that i'm you know um bizarrely a little bit pro-israel however i'm more in favor of the freedom of peaceful assembly than anything, almost anything else, totally, you know, yeah. and I, which was why I wrote during the row about. Do you remember there was a row about uh, whether the pro-Palestinian march should be allowed to go ahead on Armistice Day, and, and my That's view right, was one hundred percent, yeah, because you know the only test of that right is whether the causes you you're you're okay with the causes that you might disagree with, yeah, yeah. marching. Yeah. So I don't I don't think we're on the verge of mob rule. I don't, what, what do you well, reckon? Well, well, I mean. 
The first mob rule irony I'd like to point out is that this is the mob that's ruled us for the last 13 uh, uh, years. Indeed, and, yeah, and very good. destroyed uh, an extremely the British good point. economy yeah. and what any a, trust in politics. As a Chicago so, Al Capone style mob. When you're yeah. talking about mob rule, I yes. think Sunaka's <laughs> Capo di Capo fits very nicely. <laughs> but to address the points he's talking about, I think if you lived in Liverpool or Manchester or Glasgow or Sheffield, you would be forgiven for thinking that London right now was under some sort of kind of, you know, occupation. And it's not, you know, we both... Molotov cocktails flying through the air and... Sort of like poll tax style riots. On the contrary, on the contrary. And, you know, I like, I mean, I I haven't been on many marches in my life, but I did go on the People's Vote marches and, you know, and, and they were huge and they were very exciting. I mean, imagine if Brexiteers had said you can't, carry on marching, you know. What was it James Cleverly said? You've made your point. Yeah. Well, who the hell are you yeah, to say exactly, you've made yeah. your point? You're exactly. the Home Secretary. You're not, you know... The, the arbiter of when the point, when is the point has been made. Not the it's, umpire, not, it's not in the portfolio of the Home Secretary to decide when points have been made. Juice. <laughs> exactly. He's not like some sort of tennis referee. Yeah. Um, so I'm... I believe they're called umpires. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Sorry, this is all part of listen, this is all part of my sporting Sport. apprenticeship at the hands of the editor in chief and founder. Uh, it's going very well. But um, back to the serious stuff. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I, I actually, I mean, what I do think here is this is um, part one hundred and fifty-six of Rishi being desperate, yes. right? Which he's trying to, as all populists in trouble do, evoke a false threat. Yeah. There is also, no mob rule well, in this philosophically, country. Philosophically. Where is the line between Sunak saying there's, we're in danger of mob rule and Lee Anderson saying that uh, there's no go zones in in London and Sidi Khan has let the city go to Islamophobes? Where where do they not all feed well, into the same sort of fear set? Yes, I mean they're they are variants on a theme, aren't they? I mean, uh, obviously the Lee Anderson thing was worse because it was personal, mm. but this does kind of. You're right. I mean, what it's designed to do, it's notionally addressed to the police, but actually it's addressed to the electorate saying you can trust me Mm. to keep the the forces of disorder at bay and I will take any measures necessary. But but also, I mean, if you take that principle, that that would be a line that might work for the leader of the opposition. But but he's Rishi, you are actually the guy in charge leading a government that's been in charge for 13, 14 years. If there's mob rule on our streets... Then maybe mm. there's something wrong with the man in number 10. Right, Olivia, I think we've answered the question. We, we don't have. think he's right we to don't rule think he's right. mob rule. Yeah. All OK, right. Ofcom is once again facing questions about what they're doing to regulate GB News in particular. Rightly so. But other regulators appear equally ineffectual. Ofwat is failing to bring the water companies to heel. Ofsted has problems with the way they put pressure on head teachers. What is happening to our regulators? Asks Linda Gray. I don't know whether you can lump all of those regulators into the same yeah. into the same bucket. However, the two that do seem to sit comfortably together are Ofcom and Ofwat, who seem ineffectual. I mean, I think Ofsted clearly has made missteps um, yes. around the um, inspection but of schools. But, it, but it's not regulating a privatised exactly. industry or, or indeed a big commercial sector, is it? It's... But Ofcom is letting GB News just run rampant what was the figure that it's given 660 grand three quarters of a million two thirds of a million quid to Tory politicians someone said you know if Lee Anderson is making 80 grand as an MP and 100 grand as a GB News which one is his second job you know very good point 
So, so I think Ofcom has proved to be ineffectual. Maybe it's not Ofcom's fault, and it just needs the the parameters in which it can engage uh, redrawn. But I, I suspect a stronger Ofcom would have started putting its foot yes. down now. Off what? Fergal Sharkey. The great Fergal Sharkey. I mean, honestly, what an absolute man he is. You know, he is it, the one-man regulator, he isn't he? He is absolutely the voice of conscience on on our filthy, polluted rivers and waterways. And uh, off what clearly, if they were doing their job, Fergal Sharkey wouldn't need to exist in that regard. Yes, exactly so. I mean, my, my general view on regulators is that one of the big kind of problems that came out of the 80s in privatisation was that there was a whole sort of tranche of regulators set up to deal with the privatised industries. And they've been, a, as you say, of varying quality. And, and the idea is, has bled into non-privatised industries like schools. And I think there's some, I mean, this isn't just in the UK. If you look at um, what happened in America with opioids, the FDA, the Food and Drugs Administration, was, was incredibly subject to group capture by the industry. And I think this happens quite a lot, that they become bureaucratized and captured by the industries that they're regulating. Now, it's very, I'm generalizing massively, and you're right, it differs from uh, regulator to regulator. But I think that there's a lack of accountability and a lack of bite. And I always think with the with regulations, that regulators, that there should be at least annual um, parliamentary scrutiny of how they're doing and whether they you know the rules by which they abide need updating this is particularly true with technology and and we've just got to make sure that regulators are in fact regulating and yeah. not are not simply acting as a buffer between parliament and exactly and services who regulates the regulators who regulates the regulators maybe we need an off reg off 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 <laughs> And I'll be happy to chair it. it Next question. Please. Thank you, Linda. Next question, please. Does Sunak have the backbone to call out Lee Anderson and Liz Truss after their comments this week? Or does he quietly welcome them? And that's some toughers on Spotify. I don't know if that's the great Phil Toughers, but... Uh, well, one can only hope. Um, yeah. I think it's a question, It's one of those questions that kind of uh, contains its own answer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, look, what, what Lee Anderson said was completely unacceptable. That... Um, uh, you know, Sadiq Khan had effectively given control of London to his mates, mm. the Islamists. I mean, this so is what I mean, not just a dog whistle, a bloody foghorn. Well, it's it? racist, it's yeah. Islamophobic, it's yeah. got the lot. I mean, so yeah. that's totally. Um, and I was yeah. um, dismayed by the number of uh, people who are not saying it was Islamophobic just uh, on the government side, just saying it was wrong. I think mm. Nick Ferraro and LBC kicked a minister off his yeah. show for quite not, right. for not yeah. quite rightly, for not saying. It was Islamophobic. And I, and I think that um, Oliver Dowden, who's becoming a sort of symbol of the, 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 the kind of vanishing uselessness of the this government on Laura Koonsberg on Sunday, said that if, um, you know, if Lee Anderson had said he was sorry, that would have been all right. And I don't understand why that's true. No, that's right. Um, the Liz Trust thing is, is a bit more, I guess, a bit more complicated because her sin was to be silent she was at the Conservative Political Action Conference in America, which is a sort of Glastonbury of the right um, in Maryland. And Steve Bannon, Trump's former chief strategist, said, referred to Tommy Robinson, yeah. the old English uh, Defence League guy, um, or, as a hero. And yeah. Trust didn't say anything. And again, Dowden said, well, you know, 
Um, sometimes you don't hear these things, which is mm. pathetic. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard, I think, to... Uh, by the way, if you don't hear them, you can f- perfectly reasonably yeah, you can hear go it. on Twitter afterwards yeah, yeah, and yeah. say, by the way, I missed that, but Tommy Robinson is a right-wing fascist thug and I he, want nothing to do with him. You know? uh, it is. It is exactly so. I mean, the, the problem is um, that a weak leader will not uh, discipline someone for silence. Um, a strong leader would have said, you know, Liz Truss should have on the spot said to Bannon, Tommy Robinson is yeah. not a hero. Yeah. He is, as you say, a, yeah. a fascist thug. Um, I think Truss is, I think we discussed her last week, and you know she's she's off the reservation. But unfortunately, and there was a poll in the Guardian this week about Tory members on on, on a variety of issues, showing that uh, the majority of Tories are also off the reservation. And yeah. I think Sunak knows this. And the lack of backbone is just it's just part of the slow and depressing and terrible decline, both of his premiership and of this. 14 year long government I think uh, you know unless anybody I don't suppose there are too many listeners of this podcast thinking well done Sunak for you know withdrawing the or suspending the whip this was precisely what Sunak brought Lee Anderson into into that uh, deputy chairman role to do precisely he wanted them just as he brought Swella Braverman to be home secretary and it was only when she finally went too far with the hate marches remarks and all that that he had to sack her yeah but you know, Sunak, I think um, there's a special place in political hell reserved for him because he is the guy who is not a natural culture warrior, but yeah. brought in culture warriors to fight the, the the wars that he wasn't personally equipped to do, but he, what he knew were, were part of his coalition. Yeah. Hence the totally ridiculous obsession with small boats in Rwanda. I remember uh, Gary Kasparov talking about what makes a great chess player. And he said, basically, it's a great knowledge of strategy, but it's also the ability to think 10 or 12 moves yeah. ahead. Sunak is like a chess player playing the game. The, 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 the last move, game. The last move. You know, he's like, he's, he's playing the move that he's just made over and over, you know, and getting it wrong every bloody time. He can't think ahead. Anybody, anybody with any political nous would have said, hold on, what are the odds of Lee Anderson staying sane and not derailing my entire premiership within six weeks if I appoint him to the deputy chairman role. The what, odds are massive. What you know, could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? And But I think to that point, what's interesting is that, the, the, you know, this is being broadcast the Sunday before a budget, a make or break budget for a Conservative government that's facing annihilation. Now, the Conservative Party used to be the party of the economy, of finance and all the rest of it. But the run-up to the budget has been totally eclipsed by culture wars. You know, the the Tory party has become an identity and culture party. It's not an economic competence party. So one of the biggest changes in our lifetimes. It's a very big moment. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, you know, my God, it's going to be something to behold as it unfolds. we can only be hopeful that it's not going to be as bad as I think we possibly fear. Yes, I mean, I, I, I'm afraid, you know, hope versus experience, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Tuffers, from Spotify. And by the way, if you want to ask questions, you can email them to twomats at tnepublishing.com or you can even more easily just type in your question or feedback into Spotify if that's where you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is brought to you, as ever, by The New European Newspaper. And I hope you know what The New European is by now, but you may not subscribe. And I just want to say, please do, because it's the best way to support our independent journalism. And this week, I have a superb offer for you, which is 
a free signed hardback copy of James O'Brien's brilliant book, How They Broke Britain. Have you read How They Broke Britain? I have, and I think it's terrific. It, uh, honestly, it's magnificent journalism, well, isn't it, it? it? I can't recommend it highly enough. And it'll make you... Um, it'll make angry you and Angry think and, and think. Yeah, all of those good things. And we've got plenty of signed copies by the man himself, James O'Brien. And you can get a free copy of James O'Brien's book, when you subscribe for just a little bit more than a pound a week, um, and you can go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats to take that great offer up. Please Brilliant. do. And there's a link in the show notes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Next question, or shall I say thesis, <laughs> from Paul Meitner. Thank you, Paul. Here's the, here's the long question. Bear with us. There's no real alternative to increasing taxation. This should be focused on the wealthiest 5% of taxpayers with a shift to capital rather than income taxation. This also avoids the risk that middle earners are scared into voting against progressive-leaning parties. Here are some options. Are there any that you prefer? So these are Paul's three options for a new tax regime, presumably for Keir Starmer to implement when he comes into power, if he comes into power. Number one, create two new council tax bans. People in properties worth £2 million would pay more. Number two, tax capital gains at people's marginal rates of tax, so 45% for the highest earners, rather than the flat 20%, as is currently the case. And number three, reduce the inheritance tax reliefs. So, uh, very, I mean, I would instantly say, well, why not all three? But anyway, you know. well, they're all, they're all three have cases for them, and and the good thing, and thank you, Paul, is that you know it's good to be getting into some specifics on this general principle because, we, as we know, 
um, Labour has said it won't introduce wealth taxes, and I hope very much that it breaks that promise if and when it gets into power. Um, To to your point, Matt, I think all three have merit. Um, I mean, reducing inheritance tax reliefs is is the sort of thing that a, a government can change at any one time. That's um, but the money actually you raise on inheritance taxes isn't huge. So that's that's part of it, but it's not the, the big one. One and two are much more interesting. Um, uh, I think we, we've we've agreed before that, that uh, cap- capital gains should be taxed at the same levels as income. And I think that's, a, that's a, you know, why should ownership be privileged over... So let me let Labour. me ask the idiot question, which is why is why is there such a huge gulf between oh, be, taxation on capital gains for the reason, and income tax for the reason you'd expect, which is that um, you know, it, uh, and in a way, it, <laughs> it's a Marxist answer, which is that uh, we do live in a capitalist society, and and although liberal democracy has grown up to ameliorate the effects of capitalism, uh, you know, uh, organised labour has been seriously tamed in the last what forty or fifty years. And capital has come out on top, and there is a an ingrained view in the fiscal system we have that capital gains should not be taxed at the same level as income. But actually, yeah. that becomes harder and harder to defend. On the first one of creating new council tax bans, which is sometimes called a mansion tax, um, this this is obviously a very good way of, of of raising money, particularly with so many properties worth a lot. The problem that's often uh, mentioned and it's a, it's a fair one is uh, what do you do with someone who's retired sitting on a uh, with a very modest income but sitting on a three million pound property yeah and the, the the sensible answer to that is um, rather than force them to sell the property you defer the payments until their death or that or they yeah. have a, a windfall or whatever and and what we're starting to see is this as this issue is talked about more and more and you know by more and more people um who are experts which i certainly am not um is there are workarounds to all the objections and i think that in the next few years i hope there'll be more and more uh questions and 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 answers like this because actually there is a way to get from a to b yes and, and to raise many 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 billions for our public services yes. which, which we need and for climate investment and for social care and so on yeah. you know that we need that money we have to get it somehow we need to find a way of crossing this bridge and so thanks paul for thank you for, opening for, for that up. Pr- prodding us in you know yeah. right but we will continue with this and we should we should get someone who actually knows what they're talking we about. really need yeah. an we need an expert yeah. don't we to talk i mean to i them. heard on the radio that one of the one of the issues around capital gains was that I think it was the Labour Party under Blair and Brown had reduced the number of years you need as a private equity investor from 10 years to two years before you could take advantage of these very low tax rates. Yeah. And that was to all, to, you know, to, promote, to pull people in, yeah. to pull people in and promote investments, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, that doesn't have to be fixed in stone. You can go backwards no. and say, OK, the, the, the salad days are over. We're now going to have to take some of your billions away to pay for basic yeah, we really, care. I mean, we, 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 keep, we keep making this point, but we, we have to get away from this idea that the end of it... I mean, we did not reach the end of history at the end of the 20th century. It is time to begin the 21st. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. The thing that grates with me is that there are people who invest money and work with people to create new wealth. Right? Real entrepreneurs. Yeah. Real entrepreneurs. 
And then there are people who've just got loads of money who happen to invest it and spread it around. Yeah. And other entrepreneurs then make them loads of money and they're not actually contributing anything apart from the money. And I think you should treat those two kind of case studies in a different manner. They are very different. And, and although it's very difficult to separate them in law. Yeah. But, yeah, it, but yeah. It's, it's such an interesting question. OK, Paul, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Um, next question, please. You should get Richard. Oh, we should. Well, here we go. Um, you should get Richard Murphy on the show about taxing wealth. He's identified eighty billion pounds of possible reforms. Marty Fee on Spotify. Well, there's not really an answer to that. I think we've just given it, isn't? Yeah, uh, you but, should. But, but we will. We'll, Good suggestion, we'll, Richard. If you're much. listening, give us a shout. Richard, you know where to find us. Um, next question, please. Oh my word, <laughs> Ray from Ladbroke Grove. If you had to go to the pub with Tucker Carlson or George Galloway, who would you choose? Uh, so what it's cholera or bubonic plague is it <laughs> um okay look i mean I, I always tell the truth on the two mats and elsewhere it would be tucker yeah because and i think it would be Tucker with you wouldn't it yeah and here's why okay so i was this this is the things i do for this podcast i was listening to the three hour long conversation between lex friedman <laughs> and tucker carlson the podcast now that is above and beyond that's heroic but actually Tucker is very funny, yeah. right? He's mad, he's wrong, he's uh, possibly Lord Orr in his yeah. sort of support for Putin, but he's very funny. And you can imagine taking him to the Railway Tavern in Catford and him not actually getting into a fight, buying drinks for the punters, amusing them with his stories yeah. of Trump and, you know, um, and generally being charming and self And he has a sort of, he does take the piss out of himself, yes. very much so. Whereas Galloway... He's fairly humorless about himself. Fairly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and you can imagine him saluting the indefatigable landlord. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's something about Galloway that, that is... Um, I mean, I'm haunted by that image of him in the Big Brother house wearing the... That was uh, his peak, wasn't the it? The red le leotard. With the cat. With the cat. cat. Outfit. Yeah. But even then, you know, not, not having a sense of, of, of humour. Um, yeah. And I, actually, it's an interesting question because... I mean, Galloway is not a really a, a progressive, is he? I mean, he's a he's a Stalinist, I suppose. Mm. But and we've addressed this before, which is what do we do about these funny right wingers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are funny. That that is their gifted advantage. That is their gift, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and there are very few progressive politicians who are who have that sort of. I mean, there have been, there have been. Kennedy was funny, yeah. Obama was funny, you know. But the but, funny left-wingers tend to not go into politics. That's true, exactly, Whereas, yeah. I don't know, there are, chari well, let's let's not, let's describe them as charismatic rather than, than funny, because, yes. you know, you could throw Boris Johnson into that pile, you know, an intensely charismatic yes. person who wins people over face-to-face, yeah. -face, but will completely demolish a nation in the yes. time it takes to have breakfast, you know, it's... By so, the way, the, 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 as, as, as we discussed last week, the Tucker Carlson versus Boris Johnson feud carries on. Does it? So if, if people who are interested in, uh, the, in the Lex Friedman podcast, <laughs> Tucker uh, really hammers Boris hard and says, you know, I don't know how this guy can pretend to be anti-Russian with a name like Boris, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a very, very, he said he was, he was prime minister of Britain briefly. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So that's a great. I mean, so, so the yeah. answer is, if if the boat, two of them knocked on my door in Southeast London and yeah. said, you know, we want we want to go to the pub, 
Which pub would you take them to? I'd take them to the Railway Tavern by Catford Bridge Station. The Railway Tavern. You yeah. know, where, where there's a, you know, it used I to be... I would take them there as well, only because that's nowhere near where I live. No, it's. A, I mean, it's <laughs> also, it used to be a pub where you could sort of reliably go to get beaten up at the end yeah. of the Great British Night Out. And yeah. it's a bit more civilised now. I'd like to take them to that, that pub in Kilburn in Widnail and I. Oh, right. With the perfume ponce. Perfume ponce. Actually, Tucker Carlson would get called a perfume ponce, wouldn't he? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'll murder the pair of yous. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough of uh, Wisnell and I. Well, I think that's probably enough. I think that's it. That's enough of everything. That's enough of everything, really, isn't it? It is indeed. Thank you very much for bearing with us. I hope you enjoyed our brief Sunday Q&A. And join us next Friday for our regular... Podcast, Regular please. podcast. Looking forward to it. Have a have, great have Sunday. a great day.